Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include insurance premiums, my interview with Max X's Henry Brokesmith on youth in the mortgage industry and career paths out of college, and mortgage applications are now at the lowest level since 1996. I was in preschool back then. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Loan Care. Loan Care has successfully navigated clients and homeowners through market change for 40 years. The mortgage subservicer is known for delivering superior customer experience through personalization and convenience. Its award-winning portfolio management tool, Loan Care Analytics, supports MSR investors with a focus on customer engagement, liquidity, and credit risk. Loan Care is part of Fidelity National Financial, a Fortune 500 company, and leading provider of services to real estate and mortgage industries. In Texas, Redvin says home prices are up 5% for the year, but Zillow tells you prices are down 2%. Can't we all agree on something? Certainly, we can all agree that inflation is simply too many dollars chasing too few goods. How about when too many houses are chasing too few insurance companies? No insurance company wants to be the last one standing. And as a reminder, today's Mortgage Matters, the weekly roundup with Robbie and Rob Chrisman, the link can be found at robchrisman.com, focuses on how LOs and brokers are dealing with the homeowner's insurance nightmare. In California, home to plenty of insurance companies dropping insuring homes, the insurance commissioner is an elected position. Ricardo Lara doesn't want to lose his job, so doesn't allow insurance companies to raise their premiums to compensate for risk. So they drop out. With the average premium priced over $1,400, some homeowners are opting to drop home insurance altogether, but this decision comes with serious risks. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show Max X's Henry Brokesmith to talk about youth in the mortgage industry and career paths out of college. He's a senior associate within the Capital Markets Department at MaxX and grew up outside of Washington, D.C. and recently graduated from Sewanee, the University of the South, with a B.A. in economics and minors in business and Spanish. Hola, Henry. I'm pretty excited to interview you today because there's some similarities between your career and my career. And and I always enjoy talking to younger people in the mortgage industry because there's not that many of us or as many as you would think. Uh, and, And so I think that that we have a really neat opportunity to kind of carve our own path and and figure out what we want to do. And uh, we have a, a leg up on a lot of other people. So I want to start by asking you, how did you get into the industry? Yeah, thanks, Robbie, and, and appreciate you having me on uh, first and foremost. But uh, in terms of how I got into the, the business here, you know, in a way, I was sort of born into it um, as my dad is of course, a lifelong mortgage banker. Um, but I didn't end up really having a plan to to get in the industry. I was kind of going down a, a finance track, uh, majoring in economics uh, at school up at uh, Swanee in Tennessee. Um, while I was there, I met Tom Pierce, um, who's the founder and, and CEO of MagSex, um, at a Swanee event. So he, you know, MagSex is the first exchange and clearinghouse for trading residential mortgage loans. Um, and I met him at kind of a, a parent event. His son went to school there as well. And so I kind of stayed in touch with him, uh, interviewed with him um, to see about a semester long internship or a uh, summer internship, that is. 
and ended up participating in a four-month cross-departmental internship, bouncing around the business, working with capital markets, sales, credit risk, transaction management, et cetera, um, and had a fantastic summer, met a lot of good people in the industry, uh, both clients and employees of MaxX, um, and ended up kind of sticking around and accepting a return offer to come back. What do you like so much about MaxX or the the industry in general that that kept you wanting to sustain it? So part of it was uh, the opportunity that I saw for myself uh, within the broader industry. So as you uh, noted in the beginning of, of the show here, you know I didn't really see a whole lot of young people around me. Um, you know I thought that it seemed like there was a lot of opportunity for somebody young and hungry and coming into the business, uh, kind of full of energy. Um, so that was very appealing to me. And then at MaxX in particular, I was um, sort of enamored by the by the growth prospects of the firm itself, um, as well as kind of the client-facing nature of the role and the ability to make an impact right away. Um, we have a very kind of entrepreneurship uh, uh, culture here, and we have a next man up mentality that really helped me grab a lot of responsibility that I'd certainly wouldn't have been able to to take at, at a larger firm. And as I've alluded to in podcasts before, there's no defined major that goes to, to the mortgage industry. And there's no real blueprint for a career path. In your opinion, how do you think the mortgage industry could be better about getting more young people involved or even inform that is it's a viable career option? I mean, you and I were just at the Western Secondary the other week. And California MBA has a young leaders program. That's for people already in the industry. I'm thinking even before that, people in college. My friends don't think of mortgage as a career path, but it's such a huge industry for the economy. Yeah, I think it really starts with with teaching in college. Um, you know, 65% of U.S. citizens are homeowners. I figure college kids should, should at least learn how to amortize mortgage. But in terms of employment options, you know, I think non-bank mortgage lenders alone employ something like 350,000 people. And that doesn't even include the banks and the vendors and the investors, et cetera, out there in the industry. So it is sort of shocking that, you know, you learn such little about the business, you know, throughout the regular way, courses and career fairs, et cetera, in college. So I think it's all about kind of campus recruiting, um, you know, getting out into the uh, dining halls and into the, into the gyms for the um, for the recruiting trips and getting into the classroom, helping folks understand what the business is, what's out there for them, and really the diverse set of careers that that you can chase after in this business. Very well put. So, what's your role specifically at MaxX, and uh, have they given you much clarity on on? how that can continue to evolve and, and promotions you can have, or are, are you kind of responsible for figuring out where you want to go? Yeah. So MaxX, first of all, for those who don't know, is the exchange of platform for trading residential mortgage loans. We've got a 350-ish participant network. Um, you know, that's about 300 lenders, whether they're IMBs, business purpose lenders, banks or credit unions. We've got about 25 investors on the platform. Those are, you know, dealers, asset managers, insurance companies, regional banks, credit funds, REITs, anybody who wants to buy a loan, whether to securitize it or hold it to maturity, 
um, can come join the platform to, to buy loans. Um, and then we really operate in kind of the non-agency side of the market. So we're trading Jumbo, we're trading non-QM, DSTR. We just recently got into scratch and debt. And then we do some conforming. Um, it's about a quarter of our business, but it's really kind of the, you know, non-agency conforming. So non-interoccupied second homes and high bow that are, that are going into private label securitizations. Um, I work for the capital markets team here uh, and also support various kind of corporate development strategy functions, uh, which is kind of, you know, the next man up mentality that that we discussed earlier. But um, the capital markets business here is principally responsible for for bulk trading, for buyer sales and for pricing. So uh, on the trading side, that's structuring and managing auction processes for bulk loan sales. The buyer sales part is sales and relationship management functions for you know any institutional investor who's looking to purchase loans, and then and then on the pricing side, we run a ton of competitive analysis and other analytics on secondary market pricing for whole loans. For growth prospects, really here we have a very flat organizational structure, which is great. Um, we have a small team. I report directly to a managing director um, who reports you know up to the chief revenue officer for the business. So. Um, plenty of growth opportunity here and, you know, certainly feel like that I've grown a ton in the three short years that I've been here. Well, if I said, Henry, three, three years, as you said, is short and you got another 30 or 40 in this business, where do you ultimately want to be? You have goals for yourself? I certainly do. Yes. Um, you know, at some point in, in, in my career, uh, I, I certainly want to, start and run my own business. Um, I think I'm going to keep it kind of on the secondary side. Um, it's where I grew up here at MaxX. I haven't really been super involved on the origination side of the business. And I really am sort of infatuated by, by land trading and trading at large. So, you know, I think I'm kind of going to stick around on, on the capital side, um, you know, for the duration of my, of my career. And, you know, eventually, hope to learn enough to spin something out or start something on my own, capitalize that and uh, and go from there. Sounds like you already have a leg up on people in the industry. Anything you want to ask me? I'm I'm not that much older than you, but I have been in the, the industry 15 or so years since I was in like high school. Curious, just the last question that you asked me, curious what, what you think about uh, kind of where you came from. Uh, the experience that you've got so far and where you think you're going to go with it down the line. You've got another 15, 20 years left yourself. So let's hear about what your plans are for the duration I'm, of your career. I'm trying, I'm trying to retire next year. No, I, uh, uh, that's, that's a very good point. I, I think it's important for people to understand how a loan is originated and the, the process that it takes from a borrower first applying for a mortgage until that loan is sold on the secondary market backwards to forwards how it's you know why it's priced the way it is and, and what rate that means for the borrower for me i had thought about starting a my own company like you mentioned where it would be kind of like uh if you went on to google.com and you wanted to get a plane flight you type flights from atlanta to jacksonville and up pop six different options i was thinking it'd be great for uh pricing transparency in the market to be able to to have underwriting guidelines built into an engine where where we could have a a true marketplace for people off the street to go. Uh, mortgage companies wouldn't really like that because it would it would grind down their margins. But I, I think we're heading towards that. 
Although I'm very happy doing the the Chrisman Media Empire. I wrote write a bunch of the newsletter for my dad. I host this daily podcast. I have a, a weekly mortgages with millennials show with Kristen Messerly. Uh, my dad and I have a, a weekly video show we do. So continuing to expand uh, the media empires where I'm going. But my friends kind of look at me as the the mortgage guy, and maybe your friends do too. I think there's an opportunity to kind of spread the gospel of, hey, it's a it's a good career path, and there are a lot of opportunities in the field. So uh, I, I think that uh, we get more young people involved and, and it would be great. So I wish you the best of luck going forward. Uh, and hopefully I'll run into you at a conference soon. Yeah, Robbie, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. The yield curve is a graphic depiction of U.S. Treasury yields from overnight to 30-year rates. The fact that it has been inverted, meaning short-term rates are higher than long-term rates, can be used to forecast the potential of a recession. So far, that prediction has failed. Indeed, the yield curve, quote, bears steepen to open the week as investors weigh the resilience of the U.S. economy against slowdowns in China and Europe, while surging oil prices added further fodder to inflation concerns after Saudi Arabia and Russia extended temporary production cuts to the end of the year. The narrative that the U.S. economy is still expanding, albeit at a slower pace, floated around as markets continued to digest that there were 187,000 jobs added in August, though the prior two months of data were revised downward. Looking back to last week, labor force participation in August was its highest since February 2020 at 62.8%. Additionally, the JOLTS job report showed openings declined to 8.8 million in July, which was the lowest number since March of 2021. As the supply and demand for labor returned to balance, wage growth cooled to 0.2%. Employment growth near its pre-pandemic rate and slower wage growth are welcome data points for the Fed, from the Fed's perspective. Meanwhile, businesses continue to pull back on capital expenditures, and the ISM Manufacturing Index remained in contractionary territory for the 10th consecutive month in August. Despite higher interest rates, new home construction increased in August as limited resale inventory and slowing material price inflation, combined with strong builder incentives, have boosted new home sales. Despite a drop in mortgage rates, mortgage applications decreased 2.9% from one week earlier to the lowest level since 1996, according to data from MBA. That kicked off today's economic calendar alongside the July trade deficit. The deficit was expected to register as $67 billion versus $65.5 billion in June. Later this morning brings the final August S&P Global Services PMI, ISM Non-Manufacturing PMI for August, and remarks from Boston Fed President Collins and Dallas Fed President Logan. In between Fed speakers, the Beige Book will be released. Also of potential interest, the Bank of Canada will release its latest monetary policy decision later this morning, where rates are expected to be held steady at 5%. We begin the day with agency MBS prices, roughly unchanged from Tuesday evening, the 10-year yielding 4.25 after closing yesterday at 4.27%, and the two-year at 4.94%. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. Where do bad rainbows go? Prism. It's a light sentence and gives them time to reflect. <laughs> Thanks again to Loan Care for sponsoring today's podcast. Loan Care has been successfully servicing mortgage loans through market change for 40 years. Its award-winning portfolio management tool, Loan Care Analytics, was built to support MSR investors with a focus on customer engagement, liquidity, and credit risk. It provides unprecedented visibility into risk and opportunity. 
Do you know what's in your portfolio? If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at robchrisman.com. Visit robchrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.